Thanks for tuning in to the Edelex podcast. We're an edtech whose mission is to surface learning outcomes, digital assets, and the power of individual achievement. Each episode features thought-provoking conversations with global technology leaders and educators, where we discuss how we can deliver better outcomes for 21st century learners. In this episode, we're featuring a discussion that was first published about a year ago as a way of looking back at how far we've come in this fast-moving sector. Hi, I'm Margot from Edelex. Um, Thanks for joining. And I have today um, our guest, Professor Beverly Oliver. Beverly is the Principal Consultant at Edge of Reef. Uh, She's an Emeritus Professor at Deakin University, where she was the former Deputy Vice-Chancellor for Education and an Alfred Deakin Professor, which is the university's highest honour. Thanks for joining us and making time to chat today, Beverly. It's a pleasure, Margot. Lovely. Well, good. So I think let's dive right in. Um, This week you published a white paper um, around rethinking employability beyond 2020, and you mentioned 10 recommendations for universities in that paper. Now, before we get to those recommendations, which is the good stuff, um, I'm really interested in your thoughts around employability. Um, It's a term that gets thrown around a lot these days, um, but what does it actually mean? Well, that is the burning question, Margot. And I think, uh, you know, lots of us have been talking about employability and it's poorly defined, shall I say, or defined in many different ways. I also think, certainly in the circles I've been researching and publishing in, I do note that employability is usually applied to undergraduate school leavers finishing their first degree. And This is one of the things that has to change. So employability across the lifespan and particularly I think it it boils down to what are the factors that help us find or create meaningful paid work and keep meaningful paid work. And I think post-COVID this is something that is a burning question across all economies, all countries, all walks of life, all industries. So I think it is the question of our time as to what kind of credential would help me find, create or retain meaningful paid work. So I think that's what it is. I think we need to collectively as educators rethink what we really mean by employability. So in the paper, which we're going to talk about in a minute, I talk about the difference between employment and employability. And really employability is the part that a provider can have most influence on. So, Beverly, one of the the, the areas you mentioned in the paper um, is something you called an untested factor. Um, So making reference to, you know, the factors that can be influenced. One of these you mentioned as being an untested factor, which is signalling employability outcomes to potential learners. Mm. Would you mind just expanding on that for a little bit? Yes, I'm very happy to do that. Now, in my research, looking at uh, websites for basically advertising courses to students on university websites in Australia, but in other countries as well, is that you rarely read when you are reading the main ideas of the, the degree, why should I do this? What does it cost me? What are the fees? And, you know, what are the likely career outcomes? There's often very little hard evidence there around well, this is actually the percentage of our graduates 
who found or created meaningful paid work, and this is how long it took them to do it. And I think what we're dealing with, um, particularly in Western countries, uh, is a bit of disappointment, to be honest, Margot, that, you know, we've had, for example, in Australia, a demand-driven system. We've had, we've encouraged and incentivized younger people, particularly to go to university, get a degree, I had a, a really compelling life experience about three years ago now that really stopped me and made me think. And that was on one Friday evening in Melbourne where I am, I was invited to an event with 100 young people who were all graduates, mostly from Victorian universities, but also some from TAFE, but the vast majority from universities, including the one that I worked at at the time. And these 100 young people were spending their weekend uh, preparing a report for government to say, listen up, this is not great. In essence, the message was, you know, I was a barista. I took on the idea of getting a degree because it was going to be great. And I finished the degree and guess what? I now have a degree and a debt and I'm a barista. So I thought, what have we been doing? Mm. You know, we, I absolutely believe in widening participation I absolutely believe everyone has a right to a good education. But these days particularly, somewhere in the mind of the consumer, the person being educated, I believe most people most of the time are looking for some kind of career advantage from a credential. And I think we as educators have to be much more explicit about how realistic that is, whether there are jobs in the first place, because after widening participation in the UK particularly and in Australia, mm. we have a lot more graduates competing for jobs at the very time when some graduate jobs are disappearing. So you have like an intersecting problem. So, look, that's a very long answer to the question, but, you know, that's a really important part. And mainly I don't want people to undertake an education, be really disappointed and then stop being educated. I want people to keep being educated. So to, for me, it's very much part of the, the moral value proposition of what we're doing as educators to, to deliver the benefits that we promise explicitly or implicitly. Mm. So in, in, if we drill down into those employability um, signals, mm. um, what do you think they are? Well, that you know, at the moment in national data indicators, uh, they're pretty broad. But you can see, so you can see in the website, there is a website called Compare Ed. It's actually created by the Australian government. It's pretty good. So it will show you if you're thinking of doing postgraduate pharmacy at University X, based on this much data and these many responses, this is the this is the uh, number of or percentage of graduates who were who got uh, full time work after a certain period. So at least as a consumer and someone who's about to make a big investment of my time and my money, uh, I have a reasonably good chance of understanding what the likelihood of success is. And I think that's only fair, quite frankly. Mm. Do you think universities could be doing more? And I guess this probably ties down to the recommendations that we'll get to, but do you think universities can be doing more overtly um, for um, students considering them um, as an option to make it transparent around their, their um, employability um, outcomes? I think it's crucial. So 
I think it's very important that um, labour market analysis, I think it's a new core literacy, quite frankly, mm -hmm. because particularly now that work has changed dramatically in 2020 and where, it's, where it takes place has changed dramatically. Uh, I now work in my home all the time and so do many others. I work digitally all the time and so do many others. So work has changed fundamentally. So I think universities and other providers need to think very hard about uh, what the conditions and likelihood of success are if you are going to find meaningful paid work. And I look, it's all very well to say, well, it's on the Compare Ed website, they can go there. Well, you know what? They're not necessarily because people are coming to your website to look at this degree. We should give them full disclosure about um, all the information at our fingertips. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I think a really enterprising university or an astute university, I say university, but I mean provider in general, uh, you know, could actually use that point of sale, I'll use that term, to educate the, the, the consumer about the labour market. There's really excellent information available, for example, in Australia at the Labour Market Information Portal, another Australian government website. I think it's fascinating. But if I were looking to do a degree, I would need to know where that stuff was, number one, and I would need to have the time to go and do all that research myself. I think it's pretty basic marketing uh, intelligence that, that good providers should make known to their learners. What about the outcomes? Um, and I'm, I'm focusing mainly on skills. Um, so that language that you were talking about, the labour market language that I, and perhaps I, I'm not fully informed, but I would think learners coming and graduating from our universities at the moment possibly don't have that language for the labour market. Um, do you think that there, there's room to, to look at um, the way that universities inform the students around their skills, not necessarily the qualification that they end up with? Yes, and, and I think it's also about educating learners about the various pathways from wherever they are at the time to wherever they want to get to. So I think it's two things, skills and pathways. You know, if I were starting out again in higher education as a lecturer and if I were asked to teach a core literacy called Labour Market 101, mm -hmm. you know, I would be drawing on things like, for example, the census data where we can see where, and I'm talking about the Australian census data now, where we can see, for example, that someone with a Bachelor of Management actually can be employed most commonly across 19 industries in Australia. So I would think, I would imagine that a lot of students studying business think, oh, well, I'm going to work for a business. But, you know, health is a business, education is a business, construction is a business. Mm -hmm. So I think we need to educate learners today to think broadly around how, what are the skills that I've got how can I make them explicit to people? Because I'm going to keep adding to them, I hope. And then where is my pathway to exploit what I can offer and compete, really, but across all the 19 industries, not just the one I think I'm going to work in? So if I give you another example, Margot, one of the biggest cohorts that graduate from Australian universities, for sure, uh, is teacher education. So we have primary, secondary teachers and so on. 
you uh, you learn a whole lot of skills as a teacher. You have you are a good project manager. You're a crowd controller. You are all of those things. So, what roles could you play in other fields if you can educate people? Surely you can also think about the health industry because people need education in health. And I'm I know you would need discipline knowledge in health public promotion and so on. But what I'm saying is there are training and education fields right across all the industries. So I don't think that's what we do. Mm. I hope I'm wrong. But I think that's how we should start to think about it. Couldn't agree more. I think it's a very linear and narrow view that um, often graduates have of where they can go with their qualification as opposed to their broader skills. So. Look, I'll also give you another example, Margot. I think uh, let's take a pharmacy degree, for example. You know, 10, 20 years ago, that was an absolute pathway to becoming a pharmacist, either a hospital pharmacist or a community pharmacist. But things are changing rapidly in that field. You know, there is roboticization. I think that's a word. But, you know, it is becoming much more robotic to dispense uh, according to a formula. So, you know, if you've only thought of yourself as a pharmacist and you have all of that knowledge, I think it's uh, a moral obligation for us to help that learner understand where else could you apply this? You know, could you make yourself more useful in a broader field like aged care, disability? Because in case that designated job disappears, that knowledge is amazing. We've just been through a pandemic. Find a pharmacist quickly to help you understand what a vaccine is and, you know, that sort of thing. So, Beverly, in the paper you mentioned universities have limited influence over some of these external factors such as education policy and labour markets and even graduates' personal circumstances and ambitions. So, however, you feel that they have the power to influence three key areas, um, mm-hmm. how to define and measure employability, Yes. how to enhance the employability signals of their credentials, both the, mm-hmm. the micro and the macro, and also review all of their curricula through a tighter employability lens. Mm. Would you mind just talking a little bit about those key areas and then perhaps touch on the recommendations you have for universities to become more employability-focused um, beyond 2020? Defining and measuring employability, Margot, is about coming up with uh, a useful indicator because at the moment we rely, and I say we meaning Australia, we rely on national data coming out about two years later. So two years at any given time, we're finding out what happened two years ago when we wait for the graduate outcome survey. And that's quite good. It's quite good data. I would just say that the UK data is better because it's recently been revised and it's much more nuanced. So at the moment, a university gets um, pretty blunt data about the number of people employed and so on. What we all know is that some of those people are not employed for a very good reason. Number one, they might not want to be employed right now. They're looking after an elderly parent. They're having a baby and raising a family. But, you know, a university has no control over that. So it's a bit blunt. Even so, it's not bad. However, Every university has access to a very big alumni database now. So, you know, you're talking 200,000 people who've been through your university in the last 40, 60, whatever years. That is a very big population to regularly ask, 
what is helping you to find, create and retain paid employment across the lifespan? So tell us how long it is since you did your last credential, what are you doing now, what helped, what didn't, including your most recent graduates. You could also find more information about your cohorts. So you, while you've got students with you, you could ask them what their intentions are and why to better understand who it is that we're dealing with. They're not all school leavers or what do they plan to do next? Because what we will find, and much has been written about this uh, by Andrew Norton and others, and he's absolutely right, some universities have very high graduate outcomes um, survey data, like they do really well. But what we do know is that in some of those universities, these are because they've got a lot of mature students who are already employed, stayed employed, and now they're still employed. So in, in that sense, they really can't claim credit in a, in a way. So we need much better data. And I think if we put our minds to it, we could have internal information or small group of universities to get much better information, getting more nuanced information about what graduates really are doing and what they want to do and whether, I guess the key question is, did they derive the benefits they were seeking from that investment? And, you know, there are several benefits. A very large one, I think, for most will be career advantage, but there are others as well. Yeah. So, you know, we could get much better data. And I, I think that's something that could be a really good piece of work. So secondly, the, the second recommendation was to enhance the employability signals. And this really goes back to what you and I were discussing a minute ago. Mm. Use that data to actually inform based on what your own graduates say and did, but also where the labour market is moving. I read a terrific document last year called Australian Jobs 2020. It's an Australian government publication. It educated me about it's very short PDFs, very well done. Uh, and it took me through the 19 industries and it showed me at a glance what kind of jobs are growing, which ones aren't in each field. And if I were looking for a new direction now, that's a place I would go. So I'm thinking to myself, why isn't every learner in Australia reading this document? I mean, it's there, it's very good. I don't know that it's actually put in front of learners. So I think there are some tools at our fingertips. Well, the third recommendation is to review all the curricula through a tighter employability lens. And look, we've been doing this for years. Um, I've worked with colleagues on graduate attributes, employability, it's 20 years of work. And it, I think Australian universities have done great work in this area. Mm. However, work has changed now. The conditions of work have changed. So therefore the curriculum must change as well. But I think now what we really do need to look at is drawing on that labour market analysis that we are now teaching our students, if we can see that jobs are going to not grow in a particular area, then I think we have a, a moral obligation not to stop offering the degree because we still want people to be educated. Good for them. If they want to learn forensic science, great. If there are no jobs, we need to tell them so they know what they're getting into because I would never want to stop people following their passion. I think that's what educators do. You let people learn about things they love. Good. But I think we have to be more explicit about helping them understand, well, what skills are you getting out of this that could be used to actually find and create meaningful work if that's what you're looking for. So be much more explicit. Mm. 
Beverly, thanks so much for your time today. Um, I'm sure that your comments and certainly the white paper will be um, discussed and, and um, pulled apart at length over strategy tables in the weeks to come. Um, so appreciate your time. Um, always a pleasure to, to speak with you. Thank you, Margot. Thanks for tuning in to this Edelex podcast episode. Don't forget to follow us in your podcast app so you don't miss a thing. And be sure to visit our website at edelex.com to learn more.